the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Friday, January the 10th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on January 10, 1984, the United States and the Vatican established full diplomatic relations, first time in more than a century. Today, in 1861, Florida became the third state to secede from the Union. Today, in 1863, London Underground, that's what they called it, had its beginnings. It became then became the Metropolitan, the world's first underground passenger rail, railway. We call them subways now. It was open to the public, began service today, 1863, between Paddington and Farringdon. Today, in 1870, John D. Rockefeller incorporated Standard Oil. Today, in 1917, legendary Western frontiersman and showman William F. Buffalo Bill Cody. He died at his sister's home in Denver. He was 70 years old. Today, in 1920, the League of Nations was established. The Treaty of Versailles went into effect. And today, in 1967, President Lyndon Johnson In his State of the Union address, he asked Congress, imagine a president, a liberal, far-left president, asking Congress to impose a surcharge on both corporate and individual income taxes. Why? Well, he said we have to pay for the Great Society programs. Oh, and he said, by the way, we have to pay for the Vietnam War. Nothing has changed in that regard, has it? Today, 1994, President Bill Clinton, he was attending a NATO summit in Brussels. He announced completion of an agreement to remove all long-range nuclear missiles from the Soviet Union Republic, Soviet Union at the Republic of the Ukraine. And today, in 2002, Marines began flying hundreds of al-Qaeda prisoners. They were being held in Afghanistan. They began flying them to a U.S. base at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And finally, 10 years ago today, data showed that China was edging past Germany to become the top exporting nation. That was 2009, 10 years ago today. People said, what, China? American civil defense contractor that you've heard a lot about that was killed, the American citizen that was killed in the bombings that... um, Iran carried out against the United States over the last, well, since just before New Year's Eve and then on New Year's Eve, there was one person killed. You've heard about that repeatedly. We've mentioned it on this program here. I didn't know who he was. I now know who he was. Perhaps you did, but I didn't. And I pay attention to such things. But the American civilian defense contractor that was killed by Iran was a Muslim. He was buried yesterday in Sacramento. Yeah, he's a contractor. He's an American. 
he was a very loyal American, according to what people who knew him said of him. But he was a Muslim. So the one American that the Muslims killed in their attacks on America was a Muslim. Irony. Vice President Mike Pence helped President Donald Trump kick off his first rally. He does those rallies, and then he, I mean, he keeps an intense schedule, I'll tell you. It's inspirational to see how much he can do in a day, in a week, a month. Anyway, he and uh, President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence kicked off their first campaign rally for 2020 last night. They were urging supporters to have faith, press on. Very interesting. He said in these, uh, Pence said, in these divided times as this election year begins, I'm encouraging you to have faith. As you know, President, Vice President Pence is a man of deep faith. He's an evangelical. He's tried and true as far as I'm concerned. Not perfect, but tried and true in his faith. He said Trump's drive and vision have made America great again. Then he took some time and told the people, the crowd, it was a massive crowd, it always is at these rallies that Trump holds, he reminded them to have faith in God. They were in Ohio. He said to the Ohioans, he said, if you, if we put our trust in him, in God, who has ever guided the destiny of this last great hope on earth, he will yet bless Ohio and America beyond anything we could ask or imagine, referencing New Testament teaching there. Pence said, Ohio's state motto, he reminded the crowd, is, quote, with God, all things are possible. And he went on along those lines. The people loved it. They cheered, clapped, stood up, praised the Lord. Interesting rally. We live in interesting days today. We're in a battle. We're in a battle in this world. We may not see it. We may not, we may even forget it's there sometimes. And sometimes we may even want to get away from it and say, I don't want to hear anymore. I can't take any more of this. But the enemy would love nothing more than for God's people to go deaf and dumb. I mean, it, it is, the battle is so clear, I think, to most, all of us who walk with the Lord and read the Bible and trust the Lord. And I mean, it's a, the faith is simple. The cross, Paul said, was a stumbling block. The simplicity of the gospel sometimes leaves those who seek some kind of intellectual prowess, it leaves them confused. But there is a war. There is a spiritual war going on. And there is an attack. There, there, there's, there's efforts to undermine, to destroy the very foundations of this nation, the institutions that our founding fathers put in place, prayerfully so. I mean, it's on the record. I know their spirituality has been attempted to be discredited by everybody from their own time forward. I mean, there's been the atheists and the agnostics and whomever have tried to tell America and America's children that, now the founding fathers, they weren't Christian, and this nation was never a Christian nation, and blah, blah, blah. That's all about words. 
America was never intended to be a, quote, Christian nation in the sense of Iran being an Islamic nation. We don't want that. Nobody wanted it. The founders didn't want it. But the Christian consensus that built this nation and made it that last great hope on earth that Mike Pence mentioned, who was also quoting someone before him, a leader, I think it was Lincoln, what made America great is not our pride, our expertise, our high IQ. It was the blessing of God, and the blessing of God came to America because our founders understood in their, in their imperfections that unless God build the house, they that build labor in vain. They understood that principle. Many in America today don't understand that principle, and they are f- trying to take control of the wheel of America and drive us down a slippery slope of progressivism and ultimately off a cliff into the dustbin of history. That's what this is all about. But more than that, it is about eternity. And Satan walks about seeking whom he may devour in the political realm and in the neighborhoods of America and around the world. So with that in mind, let me talk to you a little bit about McConnell and Pelosi. Mitch McConnell, I've never met him. Some of the people that are in government I've met and some that have been there in the past I've met. Some of them I've known, but I've never met Mitch McConnell. But I watch him very closely. I haven't met Nancy Pelosi. I have no driving desire to meet. Nancy or Mitch, but particularly Nancy. But I pay attention to these people, and I think we all should. Sometimes I think Mitch is a little, just a little, uh, not, doesn't show up when maybe he could. That's my take. I'm probably wrong, but that's what I think. But he's really showing up on this matter of impeaching the President of the United States. Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, he says he's sick and tired of Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi sitting on her two articles of impeachment against President Trump that she got passed, he said, on, quote, on a partisan vote back in December. So McConnell said yesterday, he said Pelosi has until Friday, this week, this business week, that's today, to deliver the articles to the Senate, or he says, we're going to move on. Boy, that's interesting. I want to talk to you about the implication of that just a little bit. What he said was, and I'm quoting him, McConnell, even as the Democrats have prolonged this game, we have seen Iran escalate tensions with our nation. We live in a dangerous world. So yes, the House majority can create this temporary cloud over a commander-in-chief if they choose. And he repeated, if they choose. But they do not get to keep the cloud in place forever. He continued, so look, he said, there's real business for the American people that the United States needs to complete. If the speaker continues to refuse to take her own accusations to trial, the Senate will move forward next week with the business of the people. And he said, quote, we will operate on the assumption that the House Democrats are too embarrassed. And he repeated, too embarrassed to ever move forward. 
He also noted that the president's landmark deal with U.S., Mexico, and Canada, USMCA, replaces the old NAFTA. He said it's passed the Senate Finance Committee this week by a landslide vote of 25 to 3. He said it's a major victory for the president and the country, but Pelosi won't move it forward in her house as she should. So this really isn't about what's best for the country. Those are my words, not his. End of quote. She's really not interested in what's good for the country. She's interested in her own games and tricks, apparently. She's pushed through the Democrat majority house, what she calls now, yesterday, her war powers resolution. She doesn't have time to handle this major deal between the United States, Mexico, and Canada, which is in the best interest of every person living in America and Mexico and Canada. It's a trade deal, a good one, by all accounts. But she doesn't have time for that. But she has time to pass this cockamamie war powers resolution. The sole purpose of this thing is to limit President Trump to tie his hands, probably further embarrass him if she can, and not let him do his job as president, particularly where it relates to defending America. This is a gift to Iran. The president is showing, I mean, it doesn't have teeth. It's not going to be able to be enforced as she has presented it. But it's a gift to Iran. Iran is sitting over there. They're probably saying, what the... uh, I can't figure out those American people. I've been in these countries in mission, missionary work, and I've been with people. I've been in Iran, in fact. And I've been in many of the countries of the world. And honestly, they set back. Some of these people that are so so not developed as culturally and nationally as we are, and they, they go, what, what's the matter with you guys? I've had talks with Christians over a cup of coffee in their little hut. And they've said, we'd love to live in America, but we can't quite figure out why you guys do what you do. I've told them in the honesty of the moment, yeah, neither can I. But we do these things because of all of these dynamics that are at work. The president has shown admirable restraint in the face of Iran's outrageous provocations, not just recently, but over the last decades but he's got to be free to act in our nation's defense. I mean, the founding fathers set up the three branches of government for these kinds of reasons. That's the way they wanted it to be. That's the way they knew it would work. Otherwise, it will not work. It'll evolve and mutate into something very different. By all accounts, beside the House Democrats and their careers that are controlled by Pelosi, no one believes that she's sincerely looking out for our country with this latest trick. In fact, uh, David Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh's brother, wrote an article today, and I, I just saw it a few moments ago. Didn't have time to read the whole thing, but I scanned it, and I, I don't have it in front of me to quote, but basically he's saying in, in under the pretense, he's a lawyer and, and a great guy, very committed Christian, David Limbaugh. It, it, what he's saying in this article, it's a long one, um, he's saying that under the pretense of like trying to be a, quote, public servant, Nancy Pelosi 
is saying she's trying to preserve democracy and preserve our freedom and our Constitution, when in fact, every step she's taking is an attack on those very institutions. I know I agree with the article. I'm, in fact, I'm going to read it later today, but I just didn't have time this morning after I saw it to read it because we were about to turn on this microphone and start talking. It's clear. Nancy Pelosi, she says out of one side of her mouth that she she says she prays for the president. She prays for his family. She says it repeatedly. But it's clear her actions reflect that she hates him. She disrespects the 63 million people who voted for him. She intends to embarrass him, to humiliate him, to handcuff him from performing his responsibilities as a duly elected president. It occurred to me, since we've just celebrated Christmas, I didn't read this anywhere, but it occurred to me, as the wise men traveled to the east, bringing gifts to the Christ child, we have a foolish woman of the West who has traveled east laying her gift at the feet of the Ayatollah. When you unwrap Pelosi's gift resolution, it reads in part, and I'm quoting from it, Congress hereby directs the President to terminate the use of United States armed forces to engage in hostilities in or against Iran and any part of its government or military. So what her, and it's not enforceable, I mean, understand that. And if it, even if it could become enforceable, the Senate would not approve this. They just wouldn't do it. But the House did with a couple of Republicans voting with Nancy Pelosi. It's a foolish, foolish thing to do. This war is not merely political. This is a spiritual war. She doesn't get that. I mean, if she says she prays, I suppose she does. But I can tell you she is. She does not understand the spiritual dynamic of this world. I've been a minister, ordained minister, my entire adult life. A pastor, and I've done evangelism in the countries of the world in the back dark corners and in the big cities and I at least have a sense of discernment and I got to tell you all of it doesn't add up and this isn't about Republican yes I'm a Republican but I'm only one because the Republican Party platform and the Republican Party has generally held to what I believe I am first and foremost a Christian and so are you I think and secondly thirdly Maybe fourthly, Republican. And sometimes I've wished there was was a legitimate, I mean, a an effective third choice. So far there has not been, at least in my lifetime. But this isn't about politics. It's about how our world is being ripped. The very fabric of our world and our culture is being ripped apart. The foundations are being destroyed through this kind of cockamamie nonsense over pride? I don't know. Maybe she wants to be the first woman to do whatever she's doing. I don't know what her motivations are, but the actions that she takes and the way she plays this out, it's incredible. Congress hereby directs the president to terminate the use of United States armed forces to engage in hostilities. Ironically, ironically, 
It was Nancy Pelosi. It was Nancy Pelosi who stood before a microphone back in 2011 when President Obama decided to bomb Libya. Pelosi defended his decision, and she said it. I went back and got this quote. I wanted to get it right, exactly right. Here's what she said in 2011. The president does not need congressional authorization to launch such strikes in order to keep U.S. forces in, in, in um, Libya. Progressivism is a wonderful thing. Truth keeps changing. There are no fixed core beliefs. They keep changing. That's why the left keeps running into the Bible and having a collision with it. That's why the United Methodist Church is splitting, probably formally in May, when they have their national or international convention. Progressivism, there is no place for progressivism in the body of Christ, in the community of faith, biblical faith of Jesus Christ. Because God's word is forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. These people try to cause God's word to pass away every time they get a new kind of an impulse or a behavior that they want to celebrate. Truly, it is. It's a wonderful thing if you don't have any ethics or any moral moorings. Progressivism is always changing. Progressives are always changing. In 2011, it was constitutional for Barack Obama to bomb Libya. But in 2020, we've got to stop this president from doing exactly the same thing she she commended and, and supported just nine years ago. I'll tell you. And it's gotten worse since President Donald Trump has moved into the Oval Office because they, I say this word very carefully, they hate him. They do. It's amazing. What do you do when you're sitting, say an American here, we're sitting in our home, maybe you're having a cup of coffee. I would like to be having one, but I haven't figured out how to drink coffee and talk. So I I have been drinking coffee. I will drink coffee in a few moments when I say goodbye, but seriously, maybe you're sitting in your, your kitchen, your family room somewhere, depending on what time you're listening to this program, but you're saying, yeah, I, I know, Gary, all this is happening. I mean, I, I mean, we see it. But what, what can I do about it? Sometimes I just kind of want to disappear. I just want to draw back. I want to move away. I've mentioned this psalm before, but Psalm 11 speaks to that. In fact, verse 3 of Psalm 11 says, What can the righteous do if the foundations are destroyed? There's an interesting and a powerful message in that psalm, in that chapter. What I took from that, I read it yesterday, I was thinking about this, and I I read through it yesterday. What I took from it is, number one, stand strong. That's what we can do. This is not a time to flee. In fact, the psalmist suggests that people are suggesting to him that he flee to the mountains. Run away from it. Put yourself yourself out of hearing and sight of all this nonsense that's going on. I'm just going to 
well, I'm going to become like a monk, and I'm going to go high on a mountain or deep into a cave, and I, I'm going to withdraw from this. Really, I hear that all the time from good people. I mean, people that are, love the Lord. They say, I can't take this anymore. But we live in a time when we can't abdicate. Passivism isn't God's way for this world. It just isn't. A God that wants us to be passive would never have told us that we are salt and light. He would never have told us, go, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He would never have told us that if he wanted us to be passive and not engaged. And yet there are those among us that say that, but I've noticed that most of the people who say that end up, not all, some just out of, like, I can't carry this any longer, but some who make that statement are those that are leaning left that have begun to move away from the faith as it is given to us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's a problem in our world today. And that's at the heart of some of the problems we have. I'm not trying to lay blame on anyone in particular, but I will tell you, when you've got Jim Wallace out there preaching a gospel that isn't the gospel, it's another gospel. It is not what the, what the apostles and the disciples delivered to us in the New Testament, where they make compassion the theme of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And compassion is not the theme of the gospel of Jesus Christ, nor was social justice the reason that Jesus Christ allowed himself to be hung on a cross and crucified in front of the world. That's not why he came, for social justice and compassion. And yet if you follow those people and listen to what they're saying, the religious left, they're sitting in pews all across America. And I got to tell you, God's sick of it, and so am I. I'm not just starting out in the ministry. I've been around too long, maybe. I don't know. But I'll tell you, it's time for us to get back to the Bible, back to the gospel, back to what God actually says and live by it. And that affects our nation, and it will affect our nation. It will change everything if we will simply stand strong in the Word of God. Don't flee as a bird to the mountain. Don't remove yourself from the culture, the news, accurate news. That's what we try to do here on this program is get it right. We're salt and light. Salt and light doesn't flee from the rot and darkness. Salt restrains the rotting process and light dispels the darkness. That's why Jesus told us that we're salt and light. And we've got to be informed. Yes, the wicked are bending their bow. Verse 2 of chapter 11. Yes, they're making ready their arrow upon the string. And yes, they plan to shoot at the upright in heart. They are. The psalmist knew that a thousand years ago or more. But I will tell you, a couple of, several thousand years ago. But I will tell you that, that God is in control. And that's another thing that we can take from this, this psalm. God is in control. Verse 4, the Lord is in his holy temple, and he sees you and all that's happening around you. Be bold and know that God will ultimately judge the wickedness. Verse 5 and 6 and verse 7, he will bless the righteous. Just relax and serve God, but don't run. Be bold. Well, there's more I could say, but I'm out of time. I want to thank you for your support of this ministry. We would not be here without you. 
Thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Have a great weekend. Think about some of the things that I've shared with you today. I'll look forward to seeing you right here on Monday.